Ed Rush teaches people to listen to God and hear supernatural success strategies for their businesses. And recently, he's been listening to God to hear what's coming in 2024. And he's been receiving insights into the economy, the emergence of artificial intelligence. And he's even been hearing some things about the election. And these insights have led him to declare that in the midst of all the economic challenges, the political drama, and the emergence of technologies that is coming, there's also coming massive opportunity for you. So don't go anywhere because I'm about to bring Ed on to share what he's been hearing about 2024 and how you can take advantage of it. I'm Robert Hodgkin, and this is Heroes Arise, the streaming media broadcast that equips, encourages, and empowers you to arise as the hero, warrior, and champion God created you to be. So how about it? You want to hear some supernatural success strategies that you can tap into for 2024? Well, let's jump in and let's bring my good friend Ed Rush on. Hi, Ed. How are What's you? What's up, man? How are you? It's good to see you. It's only been a week, you know. <laughs> I know. We were hanging I know. out. I know. It's really good to see you again. And, you know, even with the leadership event that we were at last week together and we got to visit, we got to share meals together, we got some really good breakfasts, which was yeah. awesome. I haven't had a chance really to pick your brain about what you've been hearing for 2024. So I'm thrilled to have you be a part of this Prophetic Words for 2024. And I want to give you room to jump in however you want. I know there's different things you've been hearing, but your your forte is really how to help people succeed yeah. in whatever they're facing when they listen to God. So however you want to lead us through this, we'll flow together. But more than anything, I want the audience to hear from you. Awesome. Dude, it's so good to be on here with you. Like I said, we were together a week ago. And you know, so so like the um sometimes people will call someone their friend. Like, you know, when we introduce people, sometimes we're like, I want to introduce my friend. And friend can be very loose. I will tell you. Uh, last week, so Robert and I were together Monday and Tuesday at this event in Maricopa. And I was like, dude, you want to get breakfast? And then the next morning I was like, dude, you want to get breakfast? And then the after, on the same day, Tuesday, I was like, do you want to grab a bite to eat for dinner? So we had three meals together in two days. That's friends. Okay. So, yes. uh, I was, it was just such an honor to be there. I'm going to just caveat, uh, what I'm going to tell you about 2024 by saying two things. The first thing is, uh, this is going to be a very bumpy year. And number two, there's massive opportunity for you if you're willing to take it. Uh, and I, I give you the good news, good news and the bad news together because I'm going to show you what that means, I think, in just a second. The second thing I'll tell you is I'm not a prophet, okay? So, like, that's not my uh, my role or gifting or calling. I'm more of a strategist. I'm actually the guy very often who comes alongside, like, I'll have someone who will hear some prophetic words, some very deep and profound prophetic word, and I'm often the guy that takes that person out to dinner and says, okay, now here's how you're going to get it. Uh, more like when, for example, David would hear something from God, he would say, God would say, go up, you're going to attack and you're going to win. And then David would get his generals together and go, all right, you go this way and I'm going to go this way and you go this way. There's always a strategy that comes behind the word. And I'm more of a, a king gifting sort of strategist than I am prophetic, even though I do flow in knowledge. Uh, God gives me words of knowledge all the time for, for people. The gift that I have more flow in is what's called a word of wisdom. And, and a lot of times what word of wisdom does is it, is it, God will show me what the enemy's up to. Uh, and actually, sometimes it seems so simple. Like, I'm like, how come no one else sees that? That's really kind of the gift that I see. Uh, and so moving into this year, uh, without sort of going into all of the details, 
What I will simply tell you is that we are at the end of a five-year transitionary period in an 80-year cycle, okay? To put that in framework in terms of the United States, every 80 years, just God showed me this like eight years ago, it just made perfect sense. Every 80 years, there is a spirit of rebellion that appears in the United States of America. So for example, uh, three cycles ago was 1776, which you're familiar with as the American Revolution. It was a five-year period that ended in 1781 with the Battle of Yorktown and the surrender of the British Army. Fast forward roughly 80 years, you get to 1860, that's the American Civil War. Lasted for five years, ended in 1865. Uh, it was a massive period of tumult and transition. Fast forward another 80 years, it's 1940, the beginning of World War II, five-year transitionary period, ended in 1945. You can't make this stuff up, by the way. And then you fast forward literally another 80 years and you find yourself in 2020. Like almost like the ticking of a clock, there's this 80-year pattern that shows up, particularly in America, but also around the world, in a five-year transitionary period. Well, 2025 is the end of the five-year transitionary period. This year, 2024, is the culmination, like the... If you watch movies, like Robert's got Captain America back, uh, back behind him on the on the on the wall there. If you watch movies, you'll know that there's always like three acts in a movie. Act one is when you learn all the characters, you find out that's the good guy, that's the bad guy. Act two is when the good guy gets himself in major trouble, and you're pretty sure Captain America is about to die. And act three is when he wins. It's like the perfect Hollywood script. Well, we're right in the middle of the end of Act Two. Okay, we're at the part of Act Two. You know in the movie where the where the enemy starts to monologue? The enemy's so sure they've won, they start boasting and bragging and telling you of all their plans. We're there, okay? So if you watch the news, you can actually see the enemy monologuing. And the year, this year, 2024, is the year when the King of Glory comes in. Now, that's not me being, uh, be, being prophetic about that. That was a word given to us by our good friend, Patricia King, who said Psalm 2024 is, is, the, is the Psalm 24 year, which is the year of the open door and the year that the King of Glory comes in. Uh, what I've done is, like I said, I take prophecy and turn it into strategy. Uh, what I've done is take what she's said, which I believe is 100% true, by the way, I wouldn't be saying it if I didn't, uh, take what she said and turn it into, now here's what you do about it, okay? So a couple things. First of all, this is the year that the King of Glory comes in. This is the end of the five-year transitionary period where, where God begins to move and to put people in place finally for what he wants to accomplish over the next 80 years. But if you're familiar with Psalm 24, it says, lift up, lift up you mighty gates, lift up you everlasting doors. One of the translations says you living doors. When I read that, I was like, oh, wait a second. We're the doors. <laughs> like when God says lift up, he's saying, lift up your eyes and see and welcome the King of glory that's coming in. And what I realized what happened in 2020, let me just be very direct about this. The church got bamboozled in 2020. The church got hit hard in 2020. And the reason for that, I shouldn't say the reason, one of the main reasons for that was the church spent most of its time looking down. The enemy communicates through social media and the news, primarily the frequency and the wavelength that it uses to communicate its message to its people. And God's people got caught in that. We got caught in arguments and we got caught into frustration. We got caught staring and looking at the news instead of looking up. Because when you look up, what you get to see is the King of Glory. And this is your year to look up. My first and most important strategy for you this year, by the way, is to get off of social media, get off of the news, and get into a conversation with God, okay? Uh, I'll repeat that. Get off of social media, get off of the news. Look, you can look at the headlines every week if you want to. Like, just bounce on the top of the headlines. 
My rule, by the way, is anytime I find myself reacting emotionally to any news story, I'm mandatory seven days news fast, okay? That's my, that's my rule. And so the first strategy is get off social media, get off the news. You'll find out, by the way, if something happens, you'll find out and get your head into a conversation with God. Now, that could be time in the Word. That could be time in prayer. I got a book over the shoulder right here called God Talks, which teaches you how to have a conversation with God, a very light and easy conversation with God. But you will be amazed. You'll be amazed at the strategies that God unveils for you in that period of time when you just start and continue that conversation. That's the first thing. So I guess I'll pitch it back to you after that kind of first opening. But that's a first thought. Awesome. And and everybody, I really I can't highly recommend Ed's book, God Talks Enough. Um, I went through it. And even with 20 years of prophetic ministry, I learned, I heard from God on different areas in different ways. So I highly recommend that book. It is one of the easiest books to work through. The way you wrote it is so easy and so inviting. Anybody can go through the exercises and hear from God. So yeah, I just wanted to echo that. So Ed, anything you want to share in regards to um, one of the things I know you did a web stream on was the election, the economy, and the emergence of AI. Um, I really want to get into the opportunities, but first I want to give you a chance to share what you've been sensing from God, hearing from God um, in regards to those areas. We were talking before we came on and you were sharing about the sense you have for the election. And if you wouldn't mind, I'd love for you to start with yeah. that. Yeah, cool. Thank you for that. So, all right. So back onto the theme, what I just said, and if you're just jumping in, the theme is 80 year, 80 years of transition or sorry, 80, 80 year window and five years of transition. And we're in that end of the five years of transition. So you can expect 2024 to be very bumpy. Now, if you lived during 2020, or for that matter, if you lived during 2016 or 2012, you know that election years are especially bumpy. Uh, we could go into a thousand sort of theories on why that might be the case. I'm not going to go down any of those roads. What I can simply tell you is that historically, at least going back until 2008, election years have been very bumpy. By the way, the stock market, the biggest last stock market crash was literally a month and a half before the 2008 election. Uh, and so those years tend to be very tumultuous uh, years where people start to sp sp uh, spread their opinion. The enemy gets very animated and God's armies get very animated. So this year expects to be that way. I will just tell you, uh, I've been spending a lot of time with God just talking about this election. And in a sense, it is up in the air right now as to what's going to happen. And I don't mean to be flippant about that. My feeling is that even in the courts of heaven, of course, God is provident and knows the end before the beginning. But even it's there's a sense to me in the courts of heaven that things are still being decided. Uh, and so we'll see what happens. But what I can tell you is your job is instead of being on the news or social media or like, you know, having like I was at a little restaurant like the one we went to the other day, the headquarters. It was different. It was a diner. Literally, I watched four guys at the table next to me, four dudes, probably 65, 70 years old. And for about 45 minutes, all they did was complain about the current, uh, you know, administration. And I'll, I'll just tell you, there's quite a few things I wish that our administration was doing differently, but it's not worth the 45 minutes of no action complaining sitting over an omelet. You might as well just be thankful for your omelet and ask God to change the country. So the first thing is I've, there's, a, there's a lot of trouble coming and the year is in flux. That should not be cause for fear, by the way, for you. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. And there are things that we can do about it. So that's kind of the first thing. 
One of the things that I was really struck by, Ed, when you said, well, um, I feel like it's kind of up in the air, the election. My sense was good. Not, I'm not saying I don't have an, I don't have a preference over what type of administration we have, what kind of policies are put in place. But the reason I thought, well, that's one of the more encouraging words I've heard about the election is because coming out of the 2020 election, so many Christians were feeling like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I'm never going to I'm never going to vote. It doesn't make a difference. You know, we prayed, we voted. The wrong guy got in. Um, but hey, look, Jesus is on the throne no matter what. The wrong guy got in from most Christians' perspective. And if you voted for Mr. Biden and you're a Christian, I am not trying to create division. I'm simply saying of uh, for many people, they felt the wrong guy got in. And I know there are many Christians out there that you don't like Mr. Trump, and he would have been the wrong guy getting in. So whichever wrong guy got in, the worst thing we can do is disengage. Yeah. The worst thing we can do is simply complain. The worst thing we can do is say, oh, we'll never have another legitimate election again. Don't curse the nation with that declaration. Start declaring we are a righteous nation. So, Ed, I was actually somewhat encouraged to hear that because I haven't heard anything about the election from God yet. And I liked hearing you say it's up in the air. Why? Because that means we have a window of opportunity to engage and to make a difference in the spirit with prayers, declarations, decrees in the natural by coming alongside godly candidates with more godly platforms on every level of government. And even for many of you watching, instead of complaining for 45 minutes over your omelet, go out and run for local (laughs) office, go out and run for the school board, get involved. So you may be thinking, ha, big deal. Anybody can say, I don't really know what's going to happen. But God is trying to tell you there is a window of massive opportunity for you to get involved in the natural and in the spirit and make sure we have an election where you, you individually, has made a difference. It's interesting. So at this event uh, you and I were at last week, there was a speaker on the first night, brilliant, by the way, And he said, he told a story about Adam, which I'd seen this before, but not seen it the way he said it. He said, you know, Adam, God said to Adam, you're going to name the animals and whatever you name them is what I'll name them. And it doesn't explicitly say that, by the way, in Genesis 2, but it it, it hints at the fact that whatever Adam, he said, whatever it's named, that's what the name will be. God essentially just said, look, I'm not going to do that. You're going to do that. And whatever Adam named it, that was going to be a platypus and that was an alligator. And God said, that's an alligator because Adam said it was an alligator. And there's a sense in which I'll, I'll just say it to you this way. And I'm just telling you what I see. Again, I look, I view things like a strategist more than I do like a pr- prophet. Uh, but here's what I see. There's, there's all these passages in the Bible that talk about us waiting on the Lord. You know, Isaiah 40 is like the famous one. My sense is God is waiting for on his people at this moment. And he's asking, he's literally asking, what is, what is it that you want? Uh, I will just say in 2020, we answered that question on every platform, but probably in the courts of heaven. We did it on Twitter and Pinterest and YouTube and Facebook and Instagram, but we didn't actually do it the way that we needed to in the courts of heaven. And my encouragement to you is instead of praying is to say, you say what it's going to be. There's a whole difference between pleading supplication petitions, and there's nothing wrong with those, by the way, and you saying, this is the way it is. And so, for example, like when I named my son Jack, everyone calls him Jack because I named him Jack. That was because I said it was that way, and well, my wife and I. But 
And so it works, th- it works that way for other things. Like this is, this, this is my son who's, whose mind is brilliant and creates wonderful solutions to new problems. And when I said that over my son, it wasn't always like, it wasn't like that. It was like, you know, he was just young and like trying to figure things out. So the things that you say, he grew up by the way, to be a 1600 level, he's 16, 1600 level chess at chess, right? I mean, it's amazing the things that you say. So my sense for this year election wise is in a sense, God who's sovereign and provident over the world and uh, knows the hair on your head and a cattle on a thousand, owns a cattle on a thousand hills is in a sense waiting to see what's, what are my people going to say about this? And I'll just say, Robert, you and I were, were kind of bantering via text this morning. And I said something as a joke and you were like, you know, it was about becoming rich, rich and famous or something like that. And I said, for a moment, I said, wouldn't it be interesting just for just a brief moment to just see yourself as God sees you. And I would suggest to you that instead of seeing yourself, sm- you will see a much greater version of yourself a far more powerful version of yourself with a lot more volition over the things that you think are out of your control. Like I think for the most part, we see ourselves too small. I understand humility is very important uh, and seeing seeing how wonderfully big God is, is really important. But it's also interesting. Like when you read Psalm 8 is like a perfect example of this. David looks at the stars and the heavens. And he says, when I look at your heavens, the, the moon and the stars which you've created, what is man that you're mindful of? And there's this humble moment where he's like, God is so big and I am so small. And the next sentence, he says, but you made him a little lower. And that word, we get translated most of the time. It says, you made him a little lower than the angels, which which potentially could be the right translation, depending on how you look at the discussion of that passage, which I think is like in Hebrews or something. But at the same time, that word in the Old Testament is the word Elohim, which is the very first word of the Bible. When it says God, in the beginning, God created that word. Elohim is the same word. God created as in that psalm. So technically that psalm says, when I consider the heavens, the moon and the stars which you've created, what is man that you're mindful of him? The son of man that you take thought of him, but you made him a little lower than God. That's unbelievable when you think of the volition that God has given you. And certainly like to your kids, you're just a little lower than God. To your employees, you're just a little lower than God. To your customers and the things that you create, like it's fascinating how big you are in God's eyes. And I just feel like when it comes to this election, God's like, I don't, I want to know what you think. I want to know what your opinion is. I want to know what you say. And I think that's where we're at. Yeah. I've been saying for over a year, Ed, that the church, the global church, the body of Christ is in an Exodus 14 (laughs) moment, Exodus 14 window. And as you all know, watching Exodus 14 is when the enemy is changing his mind about releasing the Israelites from Egypt and all of the armies of the enemy. He's doing exactly what Ed said at the top. He's having his Bond villain moment in Act 3 where he's explaining all of his plans and how he's going to win. Most of the church, the people of God, the tribe of Israel, most of the church is murmuring and complaining over their omelet. But Moses says, stand still, God will fight for you. And God's response, Ed, to me is amazing because basically paraphrasing, he says, hey, I'm, I am going to fight for you. I'll always fight for you, but you have a role to play. Stretch forth your hand 
You speak to the situation. Remember what I've told you. Remember how I've empowered you. Use it. And I think, absolutely agree with you, that that's the position we're in in this election. And it's very important that we don't just say, oh, God, do something. But we realize God is Mm -hmm. saying to us, like he says to Moses, remember, I've met with you. I've spoken to you. I've instructed you. I've empowered you. Now do it. And if you're thinking, but wait, Moses had the supernatural staff. He'd throw it on the ground and turn into a snake. He had all that great stuff going on. You have the cross of Calvary. You have the empty tomb. You have the king of glory living inside of you, wanting to speak through you. We are in an Exodus 14 moment. <laughs> Do not disengage. Engage, engage, engage. You can be the difference maker for your nation. We're not just talking to people in the U.S. Obviously, we have an election coming up, but multiple nations have elections coming up in 24. Be praying, be decreeing, be operating as the dominion steward. God handpicked you to be here now to be. It's good, man. I have a, I kind of got myself in trouble. So I do these live events, right? For, for mostly for business people. Uh, and I, I, I got, I either got myself in trouble or kind of ruffled some feathers. I was, you know, there's these, there are these moments in my events where people are doing these exercises and then sometimes they'll stand up and share what God told them. And this woman uh, had this whole thing God unveiled for her about her future and her calling. She was set to be very influential in the education world. Uh, and I said, well, now you can stop praying about that. And it was like a gasp over the audience, you know? And uh, I was like, no, because now you know you go take action about it. Like ask God to unveil strategy. You don't need to pray. God, show me my mission. Show me my, God just gave it to you, right? So now go go take action. And that Exodus 14 passage, there's this very strange moment where Moses is like pleading and God says, why are you talking to me? You know, like, I don't know the exact Exactly, that's it, yeah. He said, why, why, why are you talking to me? Yeah. Command them, raise your staff. Like literally God's like, you cannot pray now. Yeah. Go do what I'm telling you to yeah. do. Uh, and there's this moment in the church where I, I will just say, prayer is amazing. And it's this wonderful gift. I wrote a whole book about it, right? It's this opportunity to interface with the God of creation, but there is definitively a time to stop praying. Like, like there's a moment when God says go. And if you take the opportunity when God says go to not go, because you are going to dedicate yourself to prayer, you have actually dedicated yourself to the opposite of what prayer is all about. Um, and, and prayer sometimes for the church, I'm just going to say it this way, can be a very comfortable place to hide instead of taking action, okay? Uh, and so if God is calling you into the political sphere, then go into the political sphere. If God's calling you to be influential in education, that might mean you're gonna be up there talking to school boards. If God's calling you to be influential in business, that means you're probably gonna go have, have to create a product or a service and make an offer and maybe get some people to say no and get some people to say yes and like build a bank account and you know start an LLC. Those are all things that to us seem very sort of like worldly and like, you know, like, you know, necessary evil or whatever, but God is in the moments and the details of those things. And the, the moment that you think that praying is somehow more godly or holy than going and asking someone for the sale is the moment that you realize that you've created this sort of like almost like 1400s level Catholic church view of the world where there were only these really con- small little holy things and everything else was was right. base, you know? And and uh, what was the word that they used to, to describe like, worldly or whatever. And and God is in all of those details. And so when it comes to the, to, to the politics of the world, yeah, you pray and you speak and you decree, and then you start taking action on the thing that you need to take action on. And I will tell you, 
as someone who knows a lot of these people that are engaged in this political realm, you know, as, like take a take a candidate who's who's trying to get into the school board or somebody who's trying to be mayor, uh, a good kingdom-minded person who's trying to get in and and, and help uh, at the local level. Uh, there's several things you can do, right? You can you can give them money. Uh, you can volunteer to work in their organization. Uh, you can come alongside and just encourage them and be there for them and knock on doors for them. Uh, and you can pray for them. And I will just tell you that most of the people will tell the candidate, hey, I'll, I'll pray for you. And there comes a point at which the candidate goes, you know, I'm so thankful that I have people praying for me. But what I, what I could really use right now is some volunteers. <laughs> like right. there comes a point at which your heaven needs to make its way down to earth and actually get into action and do some, do some things. And you would be amazed, by the way, how accessible, even up until the state level, like if somebody's running for state senator, state congress, uh, even for governor, you'd be amazed at how accessible those people are to you if you're willing to simply say, hey, how can I help you? Is there a way that I can just help you? Uh, and um, and I guarantee you, you know, prayer is one of those things, but that's probably not the first thing they're going to ask. They might say, hey, we're doing an event in, here in San Diego. Would you mind just like, you know, helping us out, maybe serving at the event thing, whatever. But those actually are really important steps. Well, there you go, guys. First opportunity, get involved. Be part of God's solution. Step out and get involved. There may be second opportunity because I'm with Ed. Prayer is incredibly important. We always want prayer. So be praying, be decreeing, be speaking to the situation, and then get involved. Ed, I want to hear more of the opportunities uh, uh, that, are, that are out there for people in 2024. But just before we go there, can you speak at least a little bit about your sense for the economy? And then you would yeah. specifically mention to me the emergence of AI, which caught my attention. So I'd, <laughs> I'd love to touch on those two things. I know we don't have a ton more time with you. you got a lot going on. But I'd like to touch on those two things and then get into some more of the opportunities. For yeah, people in cool. I think I'll go in reverse if that's okay, because AI fine. can do fairly quickly. So I'll, I'll just tell you, as a person who uses uh, all of the systems available to me in my business, so for those of you who don't know, I'm a speaker, author, I do events. Uh, I've got a lot of businesses that I advise, give people advice on how to make money, how to grow their platform, how to change the world. Uh, and so I'm, I'm really keen on looking at all that's available. What I will tell you about AI is really two things. I'll, I'll give you three things. First of all, it's here to stay, much like the internet, much like social media, much like any new technology. As believers, we're called to take dominion over those things and not to be like afraid of those things. There's a lot of people who think, you know, Terminator 2, Judgment Day or whatever is coming around the corner because of AI. I can confidently tell you that is not the case. AI is not as as far along as people claim it is as far along. Uh, and that's the first thing. The second thing I will tell you is that in using AI, I can tell you that it is extremely impressive in all of the areas that I know nothing about. So if I start asking it questions about things I don't have any clue about, I'm blown away by the answers. It acts to me like a little bit of a, a talking search engine, if you will. But when I ask AI questions about things that I know a lot about, it's actually not that impressive. So I'll give you an example. Uh, copywriting, just writing copy for, um, for sales letters or blogs or emails or websites. Uh, I'm really good at that. I've got a 15-year track record. I've got seven or eight seven-figure promotions under my belt as a writer. So I know what I'm doing when it comes to writing copy. When I ask AI to give me ideas for copy, I'm always underwhelmed. It might give me some categorical ideas that I could riff off of, but I've never copied and pasted anything because it just wasn't very good. I would call it maybe, you know, if... Uh, if the world's greatest copywriters are A pluses, 
and I'm an A minus, I'd give it maybe a C plus. So it's workable, but it's not that impressive. And the reason why, by the way, is in copywriting, to be a great copywriter, you need empathy. And, and computers don't do that very well. Like they just don't be, they can't get into the mind of the needs and desires of a person. Behind me is a model that I use called the wisdom pyramid. And, and if you're listening to this, you can't see my hand, but if you're watching this, it's pointing to the word wisdom. And then above that is divine wisdom. Underneath of it is knowledge, data, and reaction. And the other thing about AI, this is the third thing about AI, is AI will never, and I mean this, never be able to move into wisdom and never be able to move into divine wisdom. To get into divine wisdom, you have to have a conversation with God, which a computer will never do. And to understand wisdom, which is this fascinating. See, wisdom understands times and seasons and what to do in each of those moments, and it's different. The recommendation is different from time to time, depending on the place that you're in. Wisdom is very fluid in terms of the world that we're living in. And to get wisdom, you have to be mentored by wisdom. Literally, you need to, oh, my, my camera just, hold on a second. Let me put my camera back on and see if this works. It was right in the middle of that. All right. So to get wisdom, you need to be mentored by wisdom. Wisdom is a person. If you understand like the first 10 chapters of Proverbs, wisdom is standing next to God at the creation of the world. And for anyone who wants wisdom, wisdom will come alongside of you and teach you and train you. It's available to any anyone, uh, wisdom says. And so to understand and to get wisdom, it's essentially like I told you earlier, the main gift I operate in is called word of wisdom. It's the ability to give someone a piece of advice, seeing the entire field and, and the time that we're in. And you get that when you are when you spend time with wisdom. And AI will never be able to do that either. And so, yeah, AI is going to knock off a bunch of jobs, much like there's no blacksmiths anymore and there's no elevator operators anymore. AI will knock off a bunch of jobs. But it also create a bunch of jobs too, so it's nothing to fear. So that's AI. I'll hit, hit that one first, and then we'll jump into the economy. Are we good? Should I just keep going? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead right. and roll right into the economy. Thank you. All right. So, uh, so when I say the economy, when I talk about the economy, I'm gonna just tell you, uh, there's good news coming. <laughs> it's hard to, it's hard to like, it's there's a lot of bad news. Let me just put it that way. And then there's massive opportunity coming on the on the other end of this. Okay. Uh, if you are 100% dependent on the world system of transacting, uh, this could ruin a person like that, by the way, the way the place that we're in right now. Um, to put it into context, I'll give you some statistics. Uh, national debt is the highest it ever was. No one's surprised about that. It's off the chart. The average ta taxpayer is, is owing about $200,000 to pay off the national debt. Um, and that's just the average taxpayer. There's another twice as many people that don't pay taxes. The national debt is massive. Consumer debt is at the highest it's ever been. Business debt is at the highest it's ever been. Uh, money supply is four times what it was 20 years ago. So the current supply, transactional, what's called M2, what's actually moving is four times. Uh, what that does is can completely directly translate into inflation. You can just assume that everything costs four times as much as it did uh, 20 years ago. Simultaneous to that, uh, we do have a, an administration that current, currently believes in something called MMT, which is called uh, a Modern Monetary Theory. MMT basically says, whatever the government says the value of money is, is the value of money. It's an extremely arrogant, uh, brash uh, way of looking at the world, which it doesn't actually work in the real world, as you might imagine. It works on an initial transaction. So if the government says that tanks a million dollars, it does work there. And then once the money starts flowing to people, it completely goes flying out the window. Uh, and the Time to pay the piper is frankly just right around the corner. The stock market's never been higher in terms of the price to earnings. 
Uh, there's a whole bunch of things that are just completely overinflated. Think 2008, but worse. Um, I could go into student loans. I could go into, right now, by the way, the only way the government has, let's say the stock market has a massive correction like we're seeing right now in China. If the stock market corrects massively, the only way the government has left in its toolkit to be able to correct that is to shove more money into the economy. But they can't do that right now because of the inflation numbers. So literally, the train is at the edge of the cliff. The tracks are running out. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's two months, two years. The timing is always very, uh, very in flux because there are a lot of factors at play. What I can tell you is the correction that we're about to see in the next who knows how long uh, is so will be so violent and so severe that truthfully, we might have a completely different economic um, system by the time it's all done. And there are, by the way, there are pro prophetic people who've been saying that for years now. Uh, what is important, what I will tell you, this is the important thing. Two things. Number one is to understand that as long as your eyes are up and you're looking at the king of heaven coming in, Revelation 3 says, I actually printed it off because it's so important. Revelation 3, uh, 10. That whole, this whole chapter is worth reading. But Revelation 3.10 says, since you have kept my command, this is Paul's, or, um, John speaking to the, this is actually Jesus speaking to the church in Philadelphia, but he's speaking to you. Uh, it says, since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. This is, by the way, a promise for you. And so what I've been encouraging the people that follow me to do is to fix your eyes on the king of glory. Fix your eyes on the king of heaven so that whatever happens in the world and, and economic tumult will happen, okay? It's going to happen. Whether it's this year or next year, who knows? God knows. Fix your eyes on the king of heaven and understand that what he's offering you is to spare you from the trial that's coming on the earth. What I can tell you definitively is if your eyes aren't there, but your eyes are looking down at the frustration and the struggle and all of the things that are happening, you won't be spared because you're not going to be able to listen and take the actions that God has for you to take during that period of time. He's offering you an out, okay? The second thing I can tell you, and I had this uh, one day, I was sitting in my prayer chair and I just had this vision, wildly clear uh, vision about the economic turmoil that was coming in the United States. And after I saw this huge vision, at the very end, all I sensed was an urgency. It was, it was this urgency in the spirit. And the urgency was whenever the new economic system gets put in place, whatever that is, by the way, it was so important that it was God's people that built that new system. And I, and I mean to like plant the flag there for a second. I saw this huge vision. It involved the fall of the, of the dollar and the economy and everything. I don't have time to go into the details of all those. The most important thing at the end, it was like when Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. It was that sense. It was like wh whoever creates this new system, who's ever influential in setting up this new system, it has to be one of God's people or a group of God's people. Because the truth is our system was set up by people that didn't really quite build it based on godly principles. And it certainly devolved to a part at which it wasn't completely outside of God's principles, differing weights and measures and all those sort of things. We have a system that's 100% built on debt. There's a lot of things wrong about our current system. And there's no way to fix it inside the current system. It's that broken. But God's people need to be very influential in creating this new system. And that was the key. And if you're on the finance side, if you understand that stuff, you pray. 
that God would put you in a place of prominence. And I pray that God would put you there too. I knew, I know that my job, by the way, Robert was not to be one of those people, but I was definitely called to help those people to, to be able to put that in place. So, so there's the economy. <laughs> Outstanding. All right. So uh, just before I have you pray for the audience, any last um, um, uh, summations or encouragements about the opportunity? I know you had an insight <laughs> about Zerubbabel. Yeah, I was going to do that one. Yeah, the yeah, wearing yeah. of the signet ring. And that ties back into what we said about being involved and being part of God's solution. But that might be a really good thing for us to sort of wrap up on perfect. before I have you pray for the audience. Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you for asking that. I was just literally looking. We have this little... Um, email exchange back and forth. And I was looking on the sheet and I was like, we could talk about Zerubbabel. Um, so there's two reasons why I love talking about Zerubbabel. One is his name is amazing. And I like Zerubbabel. That's the coolest name ever. Second, the, the verse that I'm referencing is in Habakkuk 2.22. And anytime you get to quote Habakkuk, you sound so spiritual. Uh, and so Habakkuk 2.22. I'm not, we're not talking about Isaiah or John or like one of the famous books. We're talking about Habakkuk. You got to like flip around in the minor prophets to even find Habakkuk. Uh, but in Habakkuk 2.20, it speaks of this man, this leader, uh, this king named Zerubbabel. And um, God said, I, I'm going to put on, this is my ring, right? God says, I'm going to put on Zerubbabel's signet ring. And I remember I was reading that one day and it like took me for a loop. I thought it was, I thought it should have said, I'm going to have Zerubbabel put on my signet ring. What, what happens is, and I'm sure you're familiar with this, but in the old in the Old Testament days, the the king's ring was like the king's signature. And so, if I had a if I had a, a key servant, and I was like, "Hey, I need you to uh, make sure this and this and this happens," I might give him my ring so that he could take it, take my authority to fix that, and then come back. It was this massive symbol of authority that had the king's decree wherever it went, wherever that ring was. It was as though the king was there saying those things. Uh, and God said, I'm going to put on Zerubbabel's ring. I was like, God, you're going to put on his ring? Isn't that like a little small for your finger? Like, why wouldn't he put on your ring? And what I realized as I really delved into that and started asking God for wisdom regarding that passage was God, because God has created all these authority structures in the world and God has this, this unbelievable, I don't think if I'd created the world, I would have done it this way. Thank God it was God that, that, that did it. But God has this unbelievable respect for your volition, your will over the things that he's given you authority. So maybe God didn't want it to be called the alligator. Maybe God thought alligator was a ridiculous way of calling that animal. But Adam said, that's an alligator. And God said, well, that's what that, that's name is. Maybe, maybe, you know, God had a different view. But when I named my son, Jack, and my second son, Dean, and my first daughter, Faith, and my third daughter, Joanne, or my second daughter, Joanne, maybe when I named them, maybe even God had a different name. But all of a sudden, God said, that's the name, because Ed just called it. He has a unbelievable respect for the authority structures. And so be, if you make decisions in your family, you're the one making those decisions in your family. If you make decisions over your business, whether it's the right decision or not, God respects that decision because it's your decision. And what God was saying about Zerubbabel is he said, I'm going to take Zerubbabel's authority and put it on me. And I'm going to act in that area because Zerubbabel has given me permission to act in that area. Those authority structures are massively important. 2024, is the final year of a five-year transitionary period where God shuffles, is shuffling authority structures. He's literally pulling authority away, stripping, stripping things away uh, from certain people and giving it to other people. This is the last year in this 80-year cycle. Certainly there'll be mantles that get passed. I'm not talking about the transitionary nature of those things, but this is the last year where those, those authorities literally begin to get taken away. And by the way, you're witnessing this 
the news media, for example, has maybe a tenth of the credibility it had five years ago. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that you can see have been completely taken. The authority has been completely taken away. Uh, last week, one of the Wall Street Journal editors, the editor in chief of the Wall Street Journal, was lamenting the fact that the news media doesn't have any credibility anymore. I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe you should have thought about that. <laughs> like, you can't you can't like not tell the truth for five years and then expect us to be like, oh no, really? And so, but my point is. Those authority structures are changing, and God's eyes right now are looking across the uh, across the earth. He's looking for faithful people with whom He can put His authority into. And then once He does that, He's going to say, "Hey, I, I'm going to I'm going to put your ring on. Is that okay if I put your ring on?" And so there's going to be people that God's going to appoint as leaders of certain states, leaders of certain countries. I've met some of those people, by the way, who God has called long before they're even in position. I know the future president of Ethiopia. I know the future president of Liberia. I know the future president of India. I'm not even kidding you. I know these men. Uh, well, I've I've prayed with these men. I can see the place that God is placing them, and God's moving His rings around to these people and saying, "Now you're in charge of India. Now, what do you say about India? Can I put your ring on? Let me put your ring on your authority ring. I'm going to put the ring on uh, so that I can have my way." And so, when you say, "God, on earth as it is in heaven," that's a wonderful prayer that Jesus gave us. But when you say, "If if you have a authority structure and everyone does, if God's given you authority of a certain area, heavenly or or earthly," And you say, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven, it's you giving that ring and saying, Lord, just take it, take it. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it's unbelievably powerful. And I, dude, I could do like a five-day event on this one. Maybe we will. My, when God's people understand how, number one, how, how huge God sees them in terms of their influence over the world. And number two, when people realize how important the words are that they say, like this book over my shoulder fundamentally is about the words that you say to yourself and how God can retrain those. Uh, I know we use this phrase a lot about changing the world, but if we understood those two things, the world would change overnight. Like tomorrow, we'd wake up and be like, wow, I can hear the birds chirping. This is amazing. Like it'd be a completely different place. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm praying and speaking, actually, that that would be the case at the end of this year. Yeah. Uh, when we get there, so. You know, here's what I want you guys to do. You don't have to cry out to God and say, give me authority. The Bible says all authority in the heavens and the earth has been given to Christ Jesus and that he gives it to us as church. We are his dominion stewards. This is what I want you to do as a prophetic statement to post in the comments. God, show me how to move in my authority. Good. Good. And this is another thing I want you to ask God. I want you to post this. I want you to do this. You know, Make this declaration. Number one, God, show me how to move in the authority you've given me. And number two, make this declaration. And ask God this, God, show me where I am to be moving in the most authority. It could be in your marriage right now. It could be in the business realm. It could be in the education realm. It could be in politics. God wants to use you powerfully. You know the massive opportunity available for you in 2024? To partner with God to get things done, to change things. Ed, do me a favor. I know you got to run here in a minute, but before you go, pray for our audience yeah. as the Lord leads you. Yeah, come on, let's do it. So Father, thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity to just talk about these topics. I just really bless and honor you as you listen to this. However long it took you to get to the end of this video, whether it was on one time speed or two times speed. And um, I just, I just, Lord, I just, whoever's listening to this right now, Lord, I just bless you. But also, Lord, just give them a vision. Deuteronomy 8.18 says that you've given us the power to get wealth. Not that we should pray for the power to get wealth, that you've given us the power to get wealth. And so, Lord, give them the eyes to see what you've already given them. Give the person listening right now the eyes to see the gifts, the influence, the calling 
wherever they are, they could be working at 7-Eleven right now, whatever, whatever place of influence you've given them, give them the eyes to see the place that you're taking them. And then bring the people around, side, uh, around them and beside them so that they could teach and train. Lord, send wisdom to instruct them, make them willing to hear from wisdom in all areas of their life. Lord, we do pray over our country. We speak life mm -hmm. over the government. We speak life for the president uh, presidency, that office of presidency. We pray and decree that a man of God would sit in that place. Lord, a man of your after your own heart, a David, a Lord, who loves you and hears from you. It would be amazing to have not just a president who says that they know you, but a true president who wakes up in the morning in council with you before they're in council with anyone else. And may you hasten the day until that happens. Lord, for everyone listening, we just pray your blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thanks, Amen. man. <laughs> Thank you, Ed. Thanks so much. And hey, everybody, I hope you caught in that prayer what jumped out at me, as good as the whole thing was, was when you said, Ed, you may be working at 7-Eleven right now, or you might be the CEO of a major corporation right now. But here's another statement I want you to make. Post this in the comments as a prophetic declaration over yourself. Where I am is just the beginning. Because <laughs> where God has you right now is just yeah. your beginning. Ed, thank you so good. much, my friend. Always good to see you. Always great to hear from you. Yeah, buddy. I love you, pal. Thanks so much. Hey, real quick before you go, you've got an event coming up in the Phoenix area in, in February, and got it's a it. God Talks event for people in business. Yeah. Tell them about that and where they can find more awesome. information and even register for it. You're the best, man. So the website below is the website. If you click on godtalks.com, it'll take you right to the page. You can click on the events tab. Uh, the event is... February 15th, 16th, 17th in Phoenix. And I'll just put it to you this way. There's a lot of spiritual events that teach you how to talk to God. There's a lot of business events that teach you strategies in business. There's only one event on the, on the planet which will bring both of those together. You will sit for three days, two and a half days actually, and you'll, you'll have a conversation with God about your business. Uh, you're going to ask God about how to grow. Uh, the number we're going to give you, by the way, is 1,000x. You're going to start asking God for wisdom on how to 1,000x, that's Deuteronomy 111, how to 1,000x your business. You're going to ask God about how to find your ideal customer, how to target and, and attract the right kind of schedule for, for your life, what social media you use, what uh, marketing platforms you use, literally the details. And I believe that God speaks even in the most minute details, things like hiring and firing and like and marketing plans. I'm talking like into the details uh, and it's going to be a blast. So it's February 15th, 16th, 17th. I've got some amazing speakers coming. And by the way, Patricia King's coming. She's going to speak on the second day, our good friend Patricia. And then for some reason, my video keeps stopping like this. I'm going to put it back on. Hang on. Uh, and then uh, Robert, he's coming to the event too. Uh, Robert will be on a panel on the first day. I had to get you up on stage. I just asked him that this morning. So uh, we're going to have a blast. And yeah, it's just going to be a fun community of of people who love God and love the business world. It's a very rare event and uh, only one of its kind. So godtalks.com and the event tab is right there when you get there. We'll put all the information in there. I can't wait. Um, and, and for no other reason, not only to learn from you and learn with all the wonderful people who are coming, but to be a part of it and to get more time with you, my friend. You Thank it. you for making time for us today, Ed. I really, really appreciate it. You got it, man. Thanks. 
And hey, I want to thank all of you as well for being here with me today. And before I go, I've got to do it. A big shout out and a huge thank you to the partners of Robert Hodgkin Ministries. You guys make all this possible. You help us reach the world through meetings, ministry, missions, and media like this through your faithful and faith-filled partnership. If you haven't partnered with Robert Hodgkin Ministries yet, I encourage you to do so. All you got to do is go to roberthodgkin.com. Click the giving link. You can give a one-time donation. We'll be very grateful for that and put it to good work for the gospel around the world. But we would love for you to be part of our Go Team, to join the Go Team as a monthly partner and help us go to the nations with the presence, power, and personality of God through, as I said, meetings, ministry, missions, and media like this. Thank you all so much for being with me for this episode of Heroes Arise. I will see you back here next week for even more content that's going to equip, encourage, and empower you to arise as the hero God created you to be. Ready for more? Go to roberthodgkin.com for more teachings, more resources, and more information about Robert Hodgkin Ministries and Men on the Front Lines.